Cornucopia Radio presents Cold hands and sore feet You've been walking for an hour on abandoned streets Weak knees and fresh scars a struggle when you're losing track of who you are. The words you stole won't save your soul. They can only buy you time. Green by Paul Kenny. Well. I'll have to discuss it with the committee and get back to you. It would have to be a joint decision as we're a club, you see. To be honest, though, a few of them would like to give them a piece of their minds. That's understandable, Edward, and actually part of the process. It would be really beneficial for Michael to hear about what his victims feel about what he did and the impact his actions had on them. It can also be beneficial to your members to be given the opportunity to express their feelings to the perpetrator too. If you could get back to me by the end of the week, I would be most grateful, Edward. Okay, Miss Clarkson. Oh, please call me Jane, Edward. If you call me Ted, I'll float the idea with the committee at our meeting on Tuesday night and get back to you early Wednesday, if that's okay, Miss... Uh, sorry, Jane. That's much appreciated, Ted. Bye for now, Jane. Nice talking to you. You too, Ted. And thanks again. Bye. What was all that about? That little so-and-so who rode his bike over the greens? Oh, yes. What about him? His social worker wants to know if he can come and spend some time at the club and meet us. Mediation, they call it. Supposed to help both parties. It's part of his rehabilitation. And will do us good, too, apparently. Let him come. Mediation. After what he did, I'd like to wring his bloody neck. You and a few others. Well, you can't. We've got to be nice to him. Nice. Yes, Horace. Nice. Can't be easy for the lad. Not having the best bowling green in the county for months wasn't easy for us either, Ted. I know, Horace. But by meeting with us, you'll get to know our point of view. It would be nice to have our day in court and let him know it affected us as members, losing our best green like that. You'll be less likely to do it again. That's the theory, anyhow. You're going soft in your old age, Ted. Maybe so, Horace. But the days of a good clip around the ear are all along gone. Aye, <laughs> more's the pity. Light a candle or curse the dark It's all the same to me Start a fire or drown the spark And shake away the heat Tell the truth or He's still in the cafe being mothered by a couple of your female members and looking like butter wouldn't melt. I've told him to keep his mouth shut about the field. Green. Sorry, green, until you introduce him. Aye, that's probably for the best, Jane. Just you leave him with me. I'll introduce him and make sure that none of them go too far with him. Uh, not that they will. <laughs> We're just a bunch of OAPs. 
Much appreciated, Ted. It's great that I can just leave him here with you. I can get on with other things, knowing he's safe. I'll get him watching the greens and helping out in a cafe, that sort of thing. Oh, that's great, Ted, thanks. It'll stretch him a bit and help him humanise the club. Help him see that what he did affected people, not just the fit green. Uh, what about him being a... Uh... Gypsy? I wasn't sure what the correct term was these days. He's a gypsy, Ted. Anyway, I really must dash. I've got a trial to attend at the magistrate's court. Thank you so much for this, Ted. Uh, but I thought you were going to tell me more about him. His background. Don't worry about that, Ted. Michael will tell you all about himself and his ethnicity. Who better to fill you in? He's a bright young man and he'll love telling you all about himself and his family. Call me on my mobile if you have any problems. Make sure you get right into the corners. Is this the green I... um... No. That's the one you rearranged over there behind the edge. It's just about ready for the annual Interclub Open next month. A nice one. So, Jane tells me that you're a gypsy. Yeah. Do, do you live local? Yeah, on the Bloomsday Estate. Oh, by the river. I didn't know there was a site around there. I live in a house with my auntie. Ah, I see. <laughs> and here's me thinking you had to live in a caravan to be a gypsy. We don't all live in caravans. I used to live in a van when my mother was alive, but I moved in with my auntie after she died. My uncle still has a van, but he moves around for work. So you don't see him much? Not really. I stay with him when he's local. I help him out. What does he do? He's in generators. Travels around the fairs and sites, buying and selling and repairing them. I'll be working with him full time soon, but he wanted me to stay and keep an eye on my auntie, because she's having trouble with some of the locals. So, you're the man of the house, eh? Yeah, you could say that. What about your, uh... Dad? Uh, sorry. I, I don't mean to sound nosy. Jane didn't really give me any background. I'm interested, that's all. Just want to get to know you. He left Mum before I was born. They married young and then he got into trouble and brought shame on the family. Just disappeared one day, my Mum said. My uncle told me he wasn't a bad person, really. He was only a kid himself. That's probably where I get it from. There is no it, Michael. You're not a bad person either. We all make mistakes. There. That should do us, thanks. We'll have the council on our backs soon with a nosepipe ban if this weather continues. Uh, turn us off, Harris, would you? Right then. I don't suppose you've ever played bowls, have you? Not really. I've played temping bowling once, when I lived in Coventry. We went with the youth club. Nothing like. You need skill for this game. Not just brute force. <laughs> Fancy a game? If you like. Here. Let me show you the basics. This here is a jack. This is a wood. You roll the jack and then the wood. The nearest to the jack wins the point. First to 21. Simple, really. Then there's just a crowd and bias to worry about. Sounds complicated. Oh, not really. Look at the middle of the green. You see how the centre of the green is raised? Ah, that's called the crown. Makes it more interesting and skilful. So, uh, what about education then? How does that work with you moving around a lot? 
Jane's trying to get me into the local college, but I'll be off working with my uncle soon, so we can't see the point. I can read and write. I went to school quite a lot until my mum died. We get visits from specialist teachers now and again, and some of the sites have access to the net, so I'll be getting learning packs, which I can do on my laptop. I see. So, how old were you when your mother died? Ten. She had cancer. Right, then. The other thing you need to understand is bias. Bias? Aye. Curves the path of the wood, like the crown. It makes it more interesting and skillful. Here. Let me show you. And watch my fancy footwork, too. That's just as important. There. See how it curves to the right? Hmm. Whereas this one curves to the left. Right. Your turn. Remember the footwork. You're released too early. Watch, Michael. Uh, sorry. Come on. Let's put the hose away. I can't find your mug. I bet you've left it in the shed again. Thanks, love. Oh, lovely. So, what are the members making of him? They're a bit wary of him. Can't blame them, I suppose. He's just a kid, love. Mother dead. Never knew his father. Uncle working all over the country trying to make a living. He's not a bad lad, really. Just needs a bit of TLC. Just be careful, eh, love? Don't go falling out with the others, defending him. What do you mean? He'll be a long time gone in a few weeks, and I can't have you here under my feet all day. I'll be fine. He just needs a bit of a father figure, that's all. I know, love. But you can't turn back the clock. Just don't go getting too attached to him, eh? I won't, love. Don't worry. Bloody hell, Michael. What? I hope that's beginner's luck. I'm good at sports. Hmm. Well, let's see if I can get anywhere near it. Bugger. Next time. Uh, hold on a second, Michael. Something else you need to learn. Green etiquette. Uh, it's quite common to have several games being played at the same time, so it's polite to keep an eye out and let others play across you. <laughs> Morning. That's uh, Clifford and Edith. They got married last month. Right pair of lovebirds. <laughs> married? Oh, that's disgusting. Why is it? Just because they're crinkly old-age pensioners? Well, I've got news to you, young man. You youngsters haven't got a monopoly on all things sex, drugs and uh, rock and roll. What? Uh, never mind. Come on, your turn. Yes. Crikey. You're a natural, Michael. We'll have to see about you playing in the open. I'll float it with a committee. Aye, they'll need convincing, as you're not a member, that we might be able to get you the wild card. I don't want to cause any trouble, Ted. It probably is just beginner's luck, 
And I'm not that bothered, really. I no, you've you've got a real style about you. It'd be nice to wait for something whilst you're here, and it will do the members good to see another side to you, especially if it means we get some silverware. Silverware? Ah, a trophy. There's a trophy for the top three in each category. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I was getting carried away there for a minute. We don't get many youngsters down here nowadays. They're all stuck in their bedrooms playing those bloody computer games. I don't think you can get Crown Green Boy on Xbox. Xbox? What's that? Nothing. The world's changing by the day. Still, I can't see how playing the game on a computer screen beats doing it for real with some fresh air in your lungs. I'll have words, though, if you fancy it. Right. Now... Look and learn. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> Not bad for a crinkly old age pensioner, eh? If you say so. Hey, come on. You better get some work done in the cafe and keep the others sweet. Ted? Yes? Thanks. Oh, don't mention it. I enjoy teaching people how to play. No, I mean... Um, thanks for sticking up for me, with the members. That's okay, Michael. You just leave them to me. You just leave them to me. How are you getting on with Evil Kinevil? You mean Michael? He's not a bad little player. Really? Mm. I'd like him to play in the open. The open? Yes, Horace. The open. He's more than good enough. Well, he can't, Ted. Why not? For a start, he's not a member. You know the rules, Ted. You won't make them. There's a waiting list. Oh, come on, Horace. We could bend the rules a little. Give him a wild card or something. He's a special case. Special case? I'm just saying... Reward him for ruining our green? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we can reward him for what he's done since he got here. The repairs and helping out in the cafe. Reward him for what he's put back into the club. But he only did those things to make up for the damage he did to our club. So, we're even now, is that what you're saying? In my eyes, nothing he does here will make up for the loss of the green. He's just starting out, Horace. He did something bad. That doesn't make him a bad person. He's, he's not had the best of starts, that's all. He just needs a bit of attention. You've been spending too much time talking to that social worker, Ted. And you've been spending too much time reading the Daily Mail, Horace. There are plenty of other members who aren't happy about having the lad around. He's a... He's just not... He's not what, Horace? Not one of us. Not from round here. This isn't about what he did, is it, Horace? This is about who he is, what he is. Don't try and twist what I'm saying, Ted. Then listen to yourself, Horace. Why don't you just have done with it and chase him out of town with torches and pitchforks? If Michael can't play for the club, then neither can I. What? But you're one of our best players. Some things are bigger than bowls, Horace. It's like that Groucho Marx quote, except I don't want to be a member of a club that rejects somebody because he's different from the rest of the members. We're a bowling club, not social services. It's just not right. Do you know that it's actually a racist offence to discriminate against gypsies, Horace? I'm not a racist, Ted. No? No. I want Michael to play in the open. I want him to get something more out of the club than a chance to make up for the green. 
I want him to feel part of the club while he's here, not some criminal having to tiptoe around all the time saying he's sorry every five minutes. He said he's sorry, and now I want him to be part of the club and play for us, Horace. <sighs> now I'll have a word with the others. You're making a good job of that. I'm scared of getting it on the glass. Well, you won't if you're careful. That's what the masking tape is for. A painting job like this is all in the preparation. If you spend time prepping, it makes the job easier and, and you get the time back later. There you go. What? There's Horace, Christine the Green. We've had to be really patient with the new turf. The cheeky sod will be getting an unfair advantage for the Open at this rate. I'm glad it's okay again. That night, when I was here on the bike, I wasn't on my own. No. I thought... I was with a couple of other lads from the estate. I knew the bike was stolen and said I wasn't interested, but I... I just... Wanted them to accept you? Yeah. I'm not blaming them. No one forced me, and I knew it was wrong. I just didn't know any other way of getting in with them. If I'd walked away like I should have done, I wouldn't have been able to look them in the eye again, back on the estate. Peer pressure's a powerful thing. I was on the bike when the police came, so I didn't hear them. The others saw them come in and ran off, so I just admitted to stealing the bike as well. At least that way I didn't get my aunt's windows put through for grassing. It couldn't have been easy for you to establish yourself on that estate, son. <laughs> anyway, that's the last of the chores, Michael. But I thought I was going to paint the changing rooms. For the open. They'll have to do. You've done enough, Michael. You've more than made up for the damage you did, and I... We're grateful. You can spend your time here practicing for the Open. That's if you're still up for playing. I was meaning to talk to you about that, Ted. You've changed your mind? Not really. I... Listen, Michael, it's fine if... You know... I just don't want to let anyone down, that's all. You've been really good to me, Ted. And I'm scared I might be rubbish and let you down. It's got nothing to do with how you play. The thought of you representing the club on that green over there matters more than any trophy, Michael. And I'm sorry if I've not made that clear. Okay, but I'll still try my best not to be rubbish. Good. Now, let's tidy up and get some practice in. He was supposed to be here this morning. He's at the police station having his prints taken and helping them with their enquiries. What? I'm sorry, Ted. I had to call them. I tried to ring you at the dentist, but your phone must have been switched off. Kept going to answer machine. What's he done? Some plonker left the safe open behind the counter and it appears that your precious little misunderstood angel helped himself to the cash box with the cafe float and the trophy money. How much? About 130, they reckon. Well, have, have they taken anyone else's prints? What are you talking about, Ted? Well, did you find the money on him? For Christ's sake, wake up, will you? You don't have to be Inspector Morse. 
Who the bloody hell else could have taken the money? I'm just saying that we shouldn't jump to conclusions just because... No, hold on a minute. What about Edith? She had that really big gas bill when she moved into her new flat after Albert died. I can just see the headlines. Retired magistrate Edith Walton, MBE, steals £130 from own club members to pay her gas bill. OK, Horace, you've made your point. Or perhaps it was Harold, stealing the money to pay for his great-granddaughter's christening next week. You've made your point, Horace. Come to think of it, he was complaining about the cost of the train fares to Harrogate. I said OK, Horace. Enough. Wake up, Ted. We took him in and this is how he repays us. We? <laughs> I best get down to the station. Ted? What's going on? He's in there with his solicitor. They've charged him with theft and he'll be released on police bail pending further inquiries. They're just doing some paperwork so I thought I'd sneak in a quick fag. How is he? Angry. He's adamant that he's done nothing wrong and feels let down. He's convinced that you'll vouch for him. Christ, he's not, is he? That's all he said, really. Ask Ted. He'll know that I didn't take it. But I don't know, Jane. I've just fallen out with a good friend sticking my neck out for him, but the thing is, I don't know. Who else could have taken the money? It does look bad, Ted, I'll grant you. And he has the theft of the bike on his record. Only on record? Sorry? He didn't steal the bike. Some other boys from the estate stole it. Really? Uh, they ran off, and he took the blame for it. Honour amongst thieves? But is he a thief, Jane? Would he really steal from us? I'm sorry it's not worked out, Ted. It's probably for the best if he stays away from the club now. Well, what happened to Innocent until proven guilty? I just have to make sure that he's okay. I know your members don't bite, but no doubt it'll be a tad tense now. And it was supposed to be a positive experience for all parties. I don't suppose he'd want to come now in any case. Actually, he does. He really appreciates the attention you've given him, and he said he didn't want to let you down. I don't want to let him down. But I have the members to think about. I could just about cover the damage to the green, but now he's gone and pulled a stunt like this too. I... I haven't touched your stupid OAP money. Michael... I, uh... You can stuff your stupid, crinkly game with your arse, you stupid old bastard. Michael! I'll, uh, see if I can catch up with him. Leave it, Ted. I'll go. I'll give you a ring. <sighs> so much for the quiet retirement. The is on the brink of extinction. Skies on the verge of collapse. The birds and the trees all are falling like leaves. The memories are floating away. Look, love, I hate to say I told you so, 
But I did warn you. I know you did, love. I've been a tad naive, to say the least. Your heart was in the right place, love. I just didn't see it coming. I never bloody do. Ted, you were asked to take him under your wing, and you kept your part of the bargain. It's not your fault. I know, love. You did your best, Ted. Did I? Yes, you did, love. So stop beating yourself up. No. No, I'll leave that to Horace and Michael. Cabins on the shore are abandoned. Streets are just a river of dust. The ships on the bay all go sailing away. Well, thanks for letting us know. It's much appreciated. They've arrested someone else. But who else could have stolen? The man who services the drinks machine. Apparently, it's all done with computers. <laughs> Modern policing, he called it. I don't understand. Well, the old country's linked up and the computer has established a pattern of small cash thefts across the county. Appears that wherever our drinks machine man has found himself in recent months, he's helped himself to a few quid. Apparently he had gambling debts, and by the time he reached us he'd started to get a bit greedy. He's admitted everything. Bloody hell, Ted. I I'm sorry. I just couldn't see who else it could have been. You weren't alone, Horace. At least you had your doubts, Ted. I didn't. I had my doubts, but I didn't want it to be him. Not after all I tried to do for him. Thought I was helping him, and it served me right for thinking I could just wave a magic wand. I just don't understand why you invested so much in him. Not after what he did. I, I mean, you were as angry as any of us when it happened, but once he arrived, he just softened, crumbled almost. It was as if he was the son you never had. It was, Horace. Though, I wouldn't say never had. You had a son? I lost my lad Jonathan over thirty years ago. Christ, I'm sorry, Ted. I had no idea. It was in another life, a long time ago. He was the same age Michael is now. A car crash. Oh, that's tragic, Ted. He was in a stolen car. Called it joyriding in those days. Though he wasn't driving, was in the front seat. Two lads and two lasses, all been drinking. It was winter, one of those we used to have in the 70s. Skidded on black ice and hit a tree. He was the only one who died. Instantly, or so they said. None of the others got so much as a scratch. On better days, I was pleased for the other parents. Pleased that they hadn't had to go through what Madge and I did. But on bad days, I'd be so angry. Why just Jonathan? Why, just us? That's only natural, Ted. I always blamed myself. We moved when I came out of the forces. He had to make new friends again, and he struggled. 
Got him with a bad crowd. I had little time for him, working long hours trying to get established on Civvy Street after years in the army. Madge protected me at first, when he started missing school and shoplifting. And when I did find out, I just played the heavy father, which just drove us further apart. And then one night, there was a knock on the door and... It all makes sense now, Ted. Boys need male role models, Horace. Don't get me wrong, women do a brilliant job, but boys look up to men, or other boys, and in the absence of a good male role model, they go off the rails. Michael didn't ruin our green because he's a gypsy, Horace. He ruined it because he didn't know any better. That's what his mates were doing, and he couldn't let them down because he would have been lost without them. He needed a positive bloke in his life, giving him permission to just be a child and be assertive with his mates, but his dad's long gone and his uncle's busy trying to earn a living. That's what I was trying to do with Michael. Be a positive role model for him, but I'm just an old fart and I let him down. Not like I did, Ted. Like you said, I rejected him because he wasn't one of us, because he was different. I'll ring round the other clubs and see if I can persuade them to let him play in the open. I'm sure I can pull in a few favours. Thanks, Horace. Not doing it for you, Ted. I'm doing it for Michael. I'll see if he'll ever set foot in here again. Well, thanks anyway, Horace. And now, if you'll excuse me, I've got some serious grovelling to do. Complicated. Not if you know what you're doing. Well, it looks like you do. Who taught you? Your uncle? Yeah. I'm impressed. You can make a few quid if you have the right spares. I found this one on a skip. Me and a mate brought it back here on a skateboard. Nothing wrong with it. Just a broken drive belt. I took one from another machine. Should make about 30 quid for it. Wow. Well done. People are lazy. Rather pay two or three hundred for a new one than fix it. Don't want to get their hands dirty, I suppose. Aye. People are too quick to write things off these days. At least, it's only a washing machine, eh? Look, Michael. I, uh... I'm sorry about doubting you. You get used to it. Anything dodgy happens, blame the jippo. It wasn't that simple, Michael. I... I didn't think you were responsible at first, but I was under pressure from the members. I panicked, Michael. Didn't want to be isolated, cut loose by my peers. A bit like you, I suppose, with your mates when you were at the bowling club that night. I should have known better at my age, but the club means so much to me, Michael. Your world starts to shrink as you get older. I need the club. And I put my head on the block for you. I know you did, Ted. The other day when you were telling Horace that you wanted me to be part of the club, 
I heard you. I wasn't being nosy. I was just coming in to ask if there was anything else you wanted me to do. And I heard you have a go at him for me. It meant a lot, Ted. That's why I thought you'd know it wasn't me. Why I was hurt so much when I realised you were just like the others. I wish that I'd been stronger, Michael. Wish I'd stood my ground and put your needs before mine. I fell for the stereotype and let you down. Can you forgive us? Come and play in the open. I thought the members didn't want me to play for the club. Horace is busy sorting it out with the regional bowling affiliation as we speak. Horace? Yes, Horace. <laughs> so, what do you say? You up for it? No pressure to win one of those trophies? No pressure. Go on then. But don't tell my mates. Barbara Clark there showing us how it's done with a lovely shot. Is he here yet? The singles are due to start in about 15 minutes? No. I've left numerous messages on his mobile, but he's not got back to me. What about Jane? Has she heard anything? No, she's none the wiser. Maybe he's had to work. Apparently, it's not uncommon for gypsy boys as young as 12 to have to go out to work. Listen to you. The granddaughter was showing me the internet last week and I decided to take a leaf out of your book and do some research. It's amazing what you can find on there. It certainly is. Good try, Audrey. Better luck on the next end. We could drop him down the car to the mixed doubles. That isn't due to start until about 3.30. And give us time to get hold of him and see if we can still make it. But we'd have to drop someone to make room for him. He can take my place with Edith. I'm sure she won't mind. I'll take Michael's place in the singles. Just don't expect me to win. You two are hot favourites. If it means he gets a game. We were only favourites because of Edith, and they're even more likely to win if Michael takes my place. Well, that's really generous of you, Horace. But, uh, what about your chance to impress Edith? What do you mean? Come off it, Horace. You almost broke your neck to play with her this year after she lost Albert. I did nothing of the sort. I just didn't want to see her without a mixed doubles partner. Anyway, there's the trip to Blackpool coming up and that sort of thing. You bloody dark horse, you... Hello, Michael. Are you okay? Ted, Ted, I'm really sorry, but I'm in Coventry with my uncle. He got some work and he needed me to help. I had to get your number from Jane, but by the time I did, my battery had run down, and now it's on its last legs. I wasn't ignoring you, Ted. I... I didn't think you were, Michael. I was just worried about you. What time will you be back? I won't be back till about six. Six? But we'll be doing the presentations at six. I'm sorry, Ted. I couldn't let my uncle down. You need my help and... It's okay, Michael. I understand. You haven't let me down. Oh, lucky to keep that beautiful chin up now. Hey, why don't you come and do the presentations for us? Uh, I don't know, Ted. I'll try my best. Looks like you and Edith are back on for the mixed doubles. So I gathered. Suppose you can't blame a lad. I've suggested that he come and do the presentations, but his phone died before he could answer. Good idea, Ted. Let's hope he can make it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure that you'll agree this has been one of the best opens in recent years. With the exception of myself, the standard of play has been particularly good and it's always up to other weather on our side for once. 
I know that a lot of you are desperate for a pint. So, without further delay, I'll start with the men's doubles. In third place, we have Joseph Barker and Tommy Gray. Well done, chaps. Well done to second place there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we move on to the winners of this year's mixed doubles final, and modesty dictates that I hand the presentational duties to my good friend, Ted Baxter. Yes, indeed. It gives me great pleasure to present the trophy. Ted. Michael, you made it. I, I thought... I thought I was too late. Ladies and gentlemen, may I just take this opportunity to introduce you all to Michael. To those who are guests of our club today, Michael has been helping out over the last few weeks. He's actually a very good player himself, and was due to play today, but for an unforeseen family commitment. <coughs> oh, yes, sorry, yes, I, uh, I lost my thread there. The winners of this year's mixed doubles, Edith Walton and Horace Chambers. Could I say a few words? Uh, yes, Michael, of course. I, um, I just wanted to say a big thank you to Ted and everyone here at the club. For those that don't know, I'm... I came to this club because I... I came to this club because it was me that ruined this very green in December. I was sent here, really. I didn't want to come and face everyone. I definitely wouldn't stay either if it wasn't for Ted. Ted saw me for who and what I was, and he didn't judge me. Not many people have ever done that. Especially when I've pissed, um, when I've upset them. Ted and the others made me see how stupid I'd been that night, and understand the consequences of what I did. So anyway, I just wanted to thank Ted and say that I'm really sorry. I can see now what the green means to you, and, and I'm glad it's okay. you with this set of woods. We were kind of hoping that you might have used them today to put a stop to Charlie's domination of the men's singles, but never mind. Seriously though, Michael, if you ever do fancy a game, you're always welcome here. Just don't come on your bike. Take no notice, Michael. And if you don't fancy a game, they make excellent doorstops. Sorry I couldn't make the open, Ted. Hey, that's all right, Michael. You, you did the right thing. You embraced your culture, not ours. When you're busy getting on with your life, we'll be here getting on with ours. Only you'll be working with your uncle, getting married and having kids. And we'll be prancing around here in our silly whites, reading the mail, tutting at things we don't understand or don't fit into our twee little world. I've enjoyed it here, Ted. Uh, no, I meant what I said to you about not judging me. I know you did. It was kind of you. Oh, and thanks for the woods. They're really nice. I can't really take any credit for those. It was all Horace's idea. He raised the money from the members and went and bought them. Wow. 
He'll be inviting you to join his precious caravan club next. He won't, will he? No. <laughs> Here. I've got you something too. It's my old dress watch from the army. I was always going to give it to my son, Jonathan, but uh, I lost him. He died? Yes. A long time ago. He was your age. So that's why you stuck up for me? Why you understood me? I stuck up for you because you were worth it, Michael. I also stuck up for you because you made me realise that Jonathan wasn't a bad lad, and I wasn't a bad father. We were all just trying to find our way in a strange new world and made a few mistakes. Anyway, I'd like you to have it, Michael. Something to remember our time together. It's lovely. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Green was written by Paul Kenny and starred Robert Atkinson as Ted, Matthew Scott as Michael, Howard Russell as Horace, Christine Bellamy as Madge, and Deborah Bartlett as Jane. It was produced and edited by Peter Beeston. This work is released under a Creative Commons license. For more information, visit cornucopia-radio.co.uk. Music